Welcome, everybody, to the Indiana Basketball Weekly Show on the Grueling True Sports Network. Make sure you follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Grueling Truth. And make sure you check out BetMGM, your best bet for betting on college basketball this season. You can click on the link in the description down below in the video if you're watching it on YouTube. I am your co-host, Mike Goodpaster. We're going to talk a little Indiana basketball. Last night, the Hoosiers get a one-point come-from-behind win against the Moorhead State Eagles. And let's go ahead and check out our co-hosts, see what they think. First up, we're going to go from the Gottwoods and Facebook page, Brian Moore. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing good, Mike. Doing good. Said my cell phone's going off. That's unprofessional. (laughs) Next up, a man who's never been unprofessional. He's always been a professional, except for in basketball. Well, you played in Italy, right? So um, we're going to welcome Steve Risley, a former Italian basketball league player. How you doing, Steve? Doing great. I uh, I put my feed. I turned my ringer off on my phone already. I did that before we shit started the show. Yes, but we did have issues before with dogs barking and your phone turned on. But that was all close to a decade ago. It looks like Brian would have learned from now, but we'll teach him as we go. All right. Last night, Indiana beats Moorhead State by one point. Don't ever argue with a win. But I don't think this is what we wanted to see, Brian. No. Um, you know, s- some people call it a uh, – what do they call it? When you have a real tough game, then you come back and play um, – It's a trap game. Tra- trap game. Thank you. I was just couldn't remember the word. Uh, from what I saw of the team, that's exactly what happened. They just did not come out, to me, ready to play. And obviously, Moorhead State was – um, and they took advantage of the situation. All right, Steve, what was your take on the game last night? I echo what Brian said. Uh, it's a disappointing win for Indiana, albeit a win. Um, but I think what this signals to me, and we'll get into the meat and bones of the game, I'm sure, here for the next few minutes, but just signals to me that Indiana is going to spend the rest of the season struggling to make the tournament. Um you know, we can't go on like this because you get a team that shoots better than 39%, which is about what I think um, Moorhead shot from the field. Uh, and Indiana loses this game possibly by double digits um, or loses the game period. And right now, Indiana's getting themselves in the building here. Every loss starts to sting. They have no; they're they're eating their cushion up right now. So for tournament plays, and these aren't even really the good teams they're going to be facing the rest of the season. No, and, and my problem with that is it's not really a trap game because every game they've played against lower level competition has turned into being a struggle. They played listless. They played with especially the first half. I mean, the first half they were down eleven at the halftime. And this is not a great Moorhead State team. Moorhead State is picked to finish top three in the OVC. The Hoosiers shot poorly, and they allowed Jordan Lathan to get in a rhythm and gain confidence. Indiana was a dismal three for nine from the free throw line, 0 for six on threes in the first half. And to end the half, Indiana made a lousy performance worse 
the Hoosiers holding for the final shot, turned the ball over. The Eagles went the other way, dunked it. The first half was ugly. Half of the second half was ugly. And, I mean, we could attribute this to, you know, a trap game. But we've seen this more than once so far this year against teams like this, whether it was Army or whoever it was, Brian. So, to me, it's concerning because this team played with no heart for 30 minutes. And really, Anthony Walker is the guy who saved them in the end. Without Anthony Walker, this game would have been a loss. Yeah, I, I think I saw uh, Woody's press conference after the game, and and it probably threw about as much praise on Walker as I've seen him throw on a player this year, and giving him the game ball. But without Walker, uh, there's an L by this game, not a W. Yeah, and it's yeah. probably a double-digit loss. But I think they, you know, they did make a run at the beginning of the second half, but then they faltered again. And then it wasn't until what, eight minutes left or nine minutes left in the game when they made their big last run. And I guess to me, trying to find something out of uh, bad is they fought back. They went 17, what, 17 to nothing and, and got back in the game. We've seen previous IU teams that would have just folded up and gone to the next game. So I take at least a little positive out of that. I'm not going to take a positive out of they fought back against Moorhead State. I'm sorry. I mean, this is a game where they shouldn't have had to fight back. This this game should have started off the way the last eight minutes were. I mean, the talent level between these two teams is enormous. I mean, it just is. I mean, the Lathan kid, we could use him because he could shoot threes. But this is a team that this should not happen, Steve, in any way. I mean, I can see it being a trap game, you come out for 20 minutes and you don't play that well, and then you just blow them out to start of the second half. I, I can understand that. I and I can't understand where you come out and they've got energy at the start of the second half, and then once they catch up or get within three or four points, the energy just dies again. I, I don't understand that. You're playing at home in front of a big crowd. I mean, it just – this is mind-blowing to me, Steve. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I agree with you. There's no solace in winning this game the way we won the game, but it is a win, so it goes down to a W, not a loss. That's the only real positive of that in the play of Anthony Walker um, that you can get out of this, uh, I, I think, in terms of just positives for the game. Um, you know, if we don't go on a 20 to three run at that eight minute mark, uh, Brian's talking about, we lose this game by double digits. And mm -hmm. it happened at that point in time, the Moorhead state went stone cold shooting. They went five to seven minutes, I think without scoring a point, um, you know, free throw, free, free throw production was what, what were we percentage wise on free throws? I've got it right here. 57%. 57%. Come on, guys. Uh, you know, you, you can't shoot 57% and be a, uh, a vaunted D1 college basketball program. Um, you know, it, it just seems, and, and Mike, is kind of what you were leading on. It, this team is just not playing with any purpose. They, they just don't seem to have, they, they don't understand that they need to be improving. They're, they seem to be happy meddling along. I, I don't know. I, I don't think – I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm, oh. I'm a little disappointed in the lack of development of Gabe Cubs. 
Um, guy again last night was what one for four? Yeah, he doesn't shoot. He doesn't shoot. I mean, come on, you got to have Gabe Cup shooting the ball. I mean, you're giving the guy 31 minutes a game. You get something out of him. All right. Robert makes a comment that I think is crazy. I like we struggled. Maybe it will wake them up. Why didn't Army wake them up? Why didn't any other game they played like this wake them no, up? Robert, you're uh, go back to bed, Robert. Yeah, or, come on, Robert. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, there was nothing. It's there's nine nothing o'clock out here in LA, so it is. I am going back to bed after this. So. Yeah, because your goal, if it's to be an NCAA tournament team, is you have to go take care of business. And we talked about imposing your will which I haven't seen an IU team do since, what, 2013 maybe? And this team, and I watched Woody at his post-game press conference, Woody said they were unprepared, and he did a poor job. And I don't think there's any other way to cut it here. Oh, I, I Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, Mike, stay on your track. 11 games into the season and you're unprepared? Come on, address that. Go ahead, Mike. This talk. Well, I mean, this is the thing. You could say they only had one day to prepare because Sunday is a day the NCAA did not let them practice because of the restraints they've now put on practice. So basically you had a walkthrough on Monday. But my thing is this. You don't have to prepare to play your game against an inferior opponent. If they would have played Kansas on Saturday and they were playing Michigan State on Tuesday, I could see how that could be an issue. But it's not like you really have to change anything here. You just have to play at a high level with intensity. I mean, you could have gave them two days off. They should have been able to show up Tuesday and play their asses off. But this team does not play like their hair is on fire. I always played like my hair was on fire. That's why I have it anymore. <laughs> but I, I will give you this. I, I thought Anthony Walker was a played really well. I'll tell you, though, Mackenzie Mbaku, he struggled with his shooting. But he is playing more aggressive than we've seen him play in the last probably five or six games. He's been extremely aggressive. So with him, I mean, he was just three for 13 from the field. But it never felt to me like he wasn't trying to make something happen this game. It may have been why it was three for 14, because it seemed like until Walker came in in the second half, Mbaku was the only guy that was trying to make something happen. I thought Trey Galloway was Trey Galloway again. I mean, the Trey Galloway we saw on Saturday, we didn't see in this game, Brian. No, we didn't. It was back to – we went from super super Galloway back to Clark Kent. Um, it just – it wasn't – I think it might have been because he shaved, if you noticed. So I, did, I wasn't paying that close attention to his face. <clears throat> but I, I will say this. The, the heartening thing is, like you said, Walker. And, you know, against Kansas, our bench did not, next to nothing – um, at least we have production off the bench this game. If Walker keeps playing like this, he he could be our sixth man. You know, he could be our next Laskowski if he keeps playing like this. I mean, we need somebody to come off the bench, and he is a spark plug. He does play with probably the most emotion of any of the players we see on this squad. Well, I don't know why he would have to come off the bench. I mean, to me, what I would do is I would immediately – play him in this next game on Thursday against North Alabama, number one, to reward him, because I think that's very important as a coach, because you get a lot of people that will just, I mean, to me, I don't know how you can play as listless and shitty as they did in the first half and start the same five freaking guys at the start of the second half. 
to me, that is an abortion as a coach. Well, I mean, okay, you, Mike, you, you, Mike, you know what that is, don't you? That that's NBA style of coaching. I know, and that's exactly what that is. You, you you don't you don't readjust your lineup based on who's giving you effort that night. You just say contractually, I got to start these five guys because yeah. they all have it in their contract that they have to get an X amount of minutes to get their bonus pay at the end of the year. So I have to start them, even though somebody's playing like crap. That's a that's a that's an NBA mentality of coaching. It's also a lazy way of coaching. I, um, Brian Wetters says we're average at best, lower expectations. So what are our expectations for this team right now, Brian? Well, I I guess maybe you want to call me the eternal optimist, but I. I kind of agree with the earlier comment. This might be a wake-up call. Yeah, you could say it, could, it should have happened earlier. It hasn't. But this was a game, I think they were looking past it. I don't think the guys – I mean, Woody can only do so much as the coach. What happens? If they're not going to go out there, who are you going to put in? Anybody. You put in, you put in the freaking guys that are walk-ons. You wake their ass up. You cannot do the same thing. What's the definition of insanity? doing the same damn thing over and over again and, and expecting different results. I'm telling you this, you need to sit some guys' asses on the bench against North Alabama because if you can't beat North Alabama with a couple of those guys on the bench, you're in trouble. Because I don't disagree with you. I I, I think, look, we're seeing from Malik with Renew again what we saw from him last year. He's getting into foul trouble. He's making dumb plays, sit his ass on the bench, and put Walker in. I'm, yes. I'm perfectly fine with that. But it won't happen. Mike, I mean, you know, it, 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 to paraphrase Knight, it, you know, I mean, you, you're you're so spot on, Mike, uh, and Brian. I, you know, I I think you're you're being a little fan fanboy. Hey, but wait a second though, because that let is me, the point of the show. Go. Hey, but uh, real quick, I want to touch on this because I had somebody on a YouTube video put a comment: "Who's Brian Moore? Why is he on here?" The thing about our shows is this. All right. Brian is a huge IU fan. Steve played at IU. I've coached at a high level. You get all three different opinions. So I, I think that everybody here brings something. You don't, Steve? Brian, I think we should get rid of Mike. Get rid of Mike. That's fine. But if you get rid of Mike, you'll have no common sense. <laughs> the, the point I was going to make, Mike, again, elaborate and take, it's what you, it's to expand on what you were saying. Knight used to say the greatest Coach motivator. motivator on the game is the bench. Right. You know, your ass on the bench. Your ass right. on the bench is the greatest coach and motivator there is. Because if you want to play and you are playing and you're playing badly and get your ass sat, um, you know, so be it. But are we looking at a situation nowadays, though? Fine, you sit them on the bench, you don't play them for the rest of the year, whatever they, they leave well, not the rest of the year. I mean, you've got to have your core. What to say? Why but, do you but, care? Brian, you them? said you said this, Brian. You said you said that this was a wake up call. Well, what was Army? Uh, you know, what what were all the games before? They were, it's, I'm tired of saying every game's a wake up call. You know, so we, we need to have a blowout, is what we need to have. You know, well, I that think, I agree with. Oh, that agree with. Isn't it not possible that Kansas what was, got a wake-up call against us because they didn't expect a game? Well, sure. 
So I mean, when you yeah, look I think at that, our, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Kansas expected just to. I think you. I think you will underrate some of the players on Moorhead State. I mean, there's a kid on there. I don't. He transferred from your favorite Zane. Miles Miles is a very good player. He should not be able to hang with your quote-unquote four- and five-star guys. And I think the issue you have here is this. When I watch college basketball, it seems like the teams that play the best are the teams that don't go after the four- and five-star guys. I mean, four- and five-star means nothing. Four- and five-star to me means that that guy's been spoiled his whole damn life whether it was on an AAU team or something else. They don't learn to play team basketball. This team doesn't. How many four- and five-star recruits are playing at Purdue right now? How many are on Florida Atlantic? I mean, there's not any that I know of. If there is, there's one. So I I think this, I think, and this is my honest opinion here, and I'm not trying to start shit. I love Mike Woodson, but he is a great recruiter. He gets really good players, and he rolls the ball out and lets them go play. That's what I see right now. I, I see nothing else. And like I said, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I've loved IU since I was born, you know, ever since I first saw Bobby Knight. You know, I sit here, I talk about Indiana State, and I'll talk about Purdue, because when you look at Indiana State and Purdue, they didn't go after four- and five-star guys, and both would probably run IU off the court right now. And that's really sad that we're watching Purdue be ranked number one playing – well, it seems like they've played the entire top 10 this year. Well, we're struggling and playing three good teams, getting our ass kicked by two of them, blowing a huge lead to the other one. I'm just saying this is extremely frustrating. It's extremely stupid. And I think people that say, well, Mike Woodson should be fired, I think they're crazy. I think people that say Mike Woods is definitely the right guy for this job are crazy. We don't know yet. But I think in this neg- the rest of the season, we're going to find out which side is right. I mean, this is this is on Woodson right now because you can say that you know, we can't control how hard they play. As a coach, once I get to a game, that's all I can control because I, I coach my team in between games. I've coached my team since October. Now they get it in the summer too. So these guys should know what to do. And if these guys are not playing hard, that's a direct reflection of me if I'm the head coach. And if that's a direct reflection of me, I'm not letting the dudes go out there and half-ass it in front of a home crowd against Moorhead State because I will not put up with that because that's a direct reflection of what I am because as a coach, you are what you allow. And you only get 11 games into the season, a team that comes out unmotivated and not playing hard because you have allowed it. Brian, you got any comments? <laughs> I guess that means Steve doesn't. No, 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 no. I, I was going to tack, retack in a little different direction. But before I did, I wanted to close that out because I think Mike is, you know, spot on. It, 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 um, the continuity between player and coach doesn't seem to be there right now. Um, however, it needs to manifest. Uh, I, I don't know, but but look, can we take this just from a look of we we've been on the air now, I don't know how many times about yeah. what's wrong with this team. Can we look at this thing for a minute of what what's good? What do we have that's good with Indiana basketball right now, Brian? 
I'll let you start. I mean, I'll ask you to start. Then I'm going to, then I'm sure Mike's going to have feedback. So Brian, what's good about Indiana basketball right now? I just realized that uh, my football team that I coach has the same Eagle as Moorhead state. That does not look right for the show. Go ahead. Traitor. <laughs> I, I, I say this. I think it's, again, Mbako has improved every game. His aggressiveness is getting better. His defense is getting better. Cups is getting better every game from a standpoint of running the offense. Cups um, is getting minutes. He's getting. He's running the offense, though. I think he's a very good defender, though. I will give him that. Yeah. I think he defends well, and he's not really allowed to run the team yet, which is my issue. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Anyway, what I was going to say is that I think – the only, you know, I'm not sure I was, I was one of the ones that was really high and Mike, you know, this from about where from the beginning, but when we first got him, um, what we've seen the last couple of games, I'm not really sure what's going on there. I mean, it, he does not, doesn't seem as aggressive as he was in previous games. I, I don't know if he's injured, ill, what, but we're not seeing the same where the last couple against Kansas. And again, last night against Morehead state, I, I would have added him to that list that I just named, but right now I got to say, what the hell's going on? I mean, we know our backcourt isn't where it needs to be. We are, as my, as Steve said last time, you know, we need that third guard, and we don't have it. But I, the front court has always been what I thought we were where we were headed, and I was willing to look at cups and say, okay, give this kid time. He's got to learn the system. He's got to learn how to manage the game. I'm not so worried about him not shooting, but at some point he's got to start shooting. He's been in there long enough now that he's got to learn to start shooting. Because but, make that, but the fact that they leave him in, even though he won't shoot, kind of tells me that maybe he's doing what he's being told to do. Because if I'm the coach and he won't shoot, why the hell am I going to keep him in the game unless he's doing what I'm telling him to do? He shot four last night, but he missed three. Yeah, but he only shot four. So yeah. anybody that's a good shooter, you need more than three or four shots to get into the game and get into the rhythm. I, I will say this. I think the positives are Mbako. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be the kind of guy that maybe before this season's over can take over a game. And I think this whole team is going to come down to what Wear and Renew do because they have regressed, not progressed, through this year. Um, Cups needs to do more. Trey Galloway needs to be consistent and he needs, uh, we talked about if he could be a leader, he obviously can't. I mean, he can play one good game here or there where he plays great, but he disappears. Um, I think Walker, we haven't really seen much this year of Walker being a really good player. I would like to see more of that. I would like to see him start against North Alabama. Um, I think this team overall, their biggest issue is where is probably your best player, but he's soft. And I mean, that was the moniker on him when he played at Oregon. And when people attack him, he seems to not step not up, step which up. worries me. So maybe that'll change because really with where we've seen more good than bad. But I mean, I miss Trace Jackson Davis, Steve. <laughs> well, everybody misses Trace Jackson Davis. I, I remember a time when they said they missed me. No, they didn't. But no, this was the Ushers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was always nice to the Ushers because I needed extra tickets 
for my girlfriend's sorority. Well, let me let me ask Steve. Let me ask you a question. Back in '81. Yeah. All right. We talked about this a couple of times about this game. This team. They didn't win against the top teams. You guys didn't either in the beginning of the season. You had three ranked teams: Kentucky, North Carolina, and Notre Dame that you all lost to. But you guys turned it around in Big Ten play, and next thing you know, you're winning a national championship. Is it possible to grow and still be with the talent that you have? Well, okay, Brian. Just to break it down, I'm not. I'm not begrudging Indiana losses to UConn, Kansas. You know, teams like that. But uh-huh. when we went to the Hoosier Classic and played North Alabama State, I think it was, or UAB or um, whoever. It was Texas Valley, whatever the heck. No, it was Texas Pan American. But we, won we won those games 104 to 50 to 48. I mean, our yeah, you, lost, you lost to Texas Pan American. Our, well, that was, yeah, that was. But Texas, this is the thing, though. IU schedule was an absolute bitch back then. They didn't play. The only team that they played, from what I remembered, it wasn't really good. Ball State was all right. They barely beat Ball State, but they blew out Murray State. But the rest of IU's schedule in 81 was Kentucky, Notre Dame, California, Baylor. The Indiana Classic was California and Baylor, and IU beat both those teams by 40 points. They played Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts was actually a good team in 1980. They had a good program from early 70s to early 80s. Then they played at North Carolina, at Kansas State. They played Rutgers, and Rutgers was a really good program back then. They lost by a point to a really good Clemson team. They lost by six to Texas Pan American, but Texas Pan American is a team that I think made it to like the quarterfinals of the NIT that year and won 22 games. They lost to Michigan, or they beat Michigan State. They beat Illinois. So when you look at this, yeah, you you didn't you had games like Texas Pan America, but te- Texas Pan America was a lot better than more. All defense that game that was in Hawaii, and we were all sicker than a dog. I mean, literally, we occupied the bathroom for the entire flight over and back. Yeah, but they lost both games by close scores, and we they were not Clemson, bad. Teams. We lost to Clemson and to Pan Am. Right. Yeah. So, but, but whatever. It, it, it's apples to oranges. Um, I I'm trying to find. I, I just I think we're, what we're in for the rest of the season is pins and needles on every win from here on out. We we should not expect a blowout this season. It, it one may happen, but I, I'm not seeing it in the, in the mentality of this team. Um, and we're going to be sitting here on Selection Sunday wondering what our seed's going to be and if we're going to get a seed. So, yeah. And Brian says, where needs tutorship from Landon? Um, yeah, what, what amazes me about a kid like where is this is a kid that's got NBA potential written all over him. And I would think for selfish reasons of no other, he'd be more aggressive and playing harder to show the NBA scouts that he's worthy of an invite to a Columbine or a Combine or whatever it is. Columbine. Oh, don't go to Columbine. Um, <laughs> don't go there. It's safe uh, now. To a Combine um, or something, but he, he just seems to not even be aggressive enough to understand he needs to be showing that 
right now. So uh, I, I, I'm, you know, the team's eight and three. I can't fault that. Um, the losses really are against Kansas, UConn, and who's our third loss? Who'd you say? Auburn, um, Utah, Kansas, Auburn. Auburn. So th those are respectable losses for this basketball team. Shorter guard, with only really two playing guards. Um, you know, and, and, and Mike did kind of piecemeal this team together this year. So did uh, everybody else with their team. Yeah, and, and, and that's the transfer portal is going to create more and more of that. There's a big hush up, huff out here right now with uh, who's the USC football coach, Lincoln, whatever his name is. Riley, yeah. Yeah, I mean, players are coming. All American players are leaving and going to USC like daily. It's a daily, you know, sheet. So that's, that's the nature of the beast that these coaches have to deal with. But um, and that that may end up be end up being why maybe well we all love Mike Woodson and I'm you know I'm proud that one of my teammates is coaching this team for certainly but given the environment we're playing in right now you might want to really consider somebody who's got experience in coaching college basketball and, and into a program you're trying to bring back to national. Prominence. Um, there was a time and a place, and, and it may be right now for Mike, but I, he, he's got to wake up. The team's got to wake up. Um, they are eight and three, so that's good. But I don't think he has any Kempong quality wins yet. No. no and, that would have been a bad one last night, too. Yeah, that that yeah it, it that that wins works like a loss in Kempong. Yeah, um, you know, especially when the selection committee yeah. looks at it. If we're around 500 in the Big Ten, yeah, right. uh, we're setting ourselves up for failure. Is what we're doing if we're not careful. We better start blowing a few teams out and showing selection committees who are already looking right now that we're worthy of a slot in the, in the, in the tournament. All right, guys, that brings us to North Alabama. North Alabama actually played Moorhead State. Moorhead State beat North Alabama 86-77. to um, I don't know a lot about North Alabama, but I do know they have a guard who is extremely good, who could shoot the ball. His name is Jakari Lane. He scored 28 in that loss to Moorhead State. They got Tim Smith Jr. up front, who's a forward. It looks like they play with three guards, so... Once again, this is a team, as we said, you should beat by 40 if you come out and play with intensity. And, I mean, the bad thing about it was the guy that got hot for Moorhead State the other night, the first half, he was not really defended. The second half, they did step up and defend him, but the problem was he got in such a rhythm that even when they defended him, he was making everything, but he got the time to get to the second half. I don't understand why they stopped feeding him the ball. I mean, I think the last nine minutes, he only took one shot. And it one guy, I mean, I don't think it was because the defense was great. I do know that he had trouble if he's contacted and a few times couldn't be in the game because he was looking for his contact. But North Alabama, and I know I've said this since we started this show in like 2015 or 16, Steve, this is a game. We need to come out. We need to impose our will and win easily. And that hardly ever happens. But I think right now, Brian, from what happened last night, this North Alabama game is huge. And it's not whether you win or lose. 
is how you play when you come out and play this game. This needs to be come out and just, I, I would damn near, I, I would, I, I would attack them. I would attack them. And the thing that disturbed me was defensively, they were much better last night when they got aggressive and started mm-hmm. pushing their perimeter defense out. I don't right. know why you wouldn't start the game with that when you don't really worry about the team's inside game. Yeah, I I, 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 I agree with you that we need a statement when we need to come in, beat up on somebody, win by 30 or 40 points, and and move on. But what I see here, I think the one thing that I see, yes, we always talk about this team's got a guard, this team's got a guard. But you know what? The two, three teams that we've that game last night, UConn and Auburn, fast, aggressive teams we suck against. You look at what we did it with Kansas. Kansas is not like UConn. They don't play like UConn. They don't play like Auburn. And we have a much better game. When you get fast, aggressive, and, you know, say what you want, Morehead State's aggressive. They're on your face, in your face every minute. That's why they got into foul trouble. They get into foul trouble all the time. But the fouls that they had against us last night, that's their average against good teams. They're averaging 25 to 27 fouls. They're in your face all night long. And they can't – our team has to stop getting shook by speed and aggressiveness and start imposing their will. Have, have we seen – I'm trying to, trying to think. Have we seen a player yet dive on the floor for a loose ball or – Get up and shove another player back and like get out of my face. You I seen I seen cops dive to the floor. Have I seen anybody dive for a loose ball on the floor yet? Yeah, I've seen cops do it. My first choice of player who has done it, but I, I don't know that I've seen any player get after. Do you, Brian? Is there anybody that can? Yeah, that? I mean, I seen. I said I seen cops do it. I think Cups died. They've played the eleven games, and you gave us one guy. That's yeah, an issue. One well, I, 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 I will give you this though, Steve. You watch a bunch of college basketball. There's not a lot of guys that dive for anything anymore on any team. I guess it, it just, again, and I, I, I know I, I, I nostalgize myself. If I didn't go five minutes, is that a word? Player. That is awesome. I think Steve just invented a word. Go ahead. I created a word. If I didn't go the first five minutes of playing and get somebody wanting to take a swing at me, I felt like I failed. Yeah. So it's what like, Steve would do is he'd walk look, around and just try to carry on conversations with the guys. I'm in your I'm in your shit right away. I mean, I'm, I'm like, no, you ain't getting away with that. Some scratches on your body, you, you know, and I'm just. I'm just not seeing that, and it's not oh. me. It's just it's the mentality of our of our franchise versus the current IU franchise. And I don't know if you can you can all blame it on the franchise. Look at you can't even get the guy's face now in, in college basketball. If you you score a bucket, and you turn and look at him, you can get called for a technical. You know, we excuse my French pussified bat, college basketball to the point. You know, you have to play nice, nice. Rather than I think you know, there's some of that, Brian. I think I have to give you some of that, but I also think yeah. that um, innovators innovate and invent, and you know, there are ways around that. <laughs> there are, there, there are, there are ways around that. You know, it's a little elbow to the nuts, Steve. Really good at in this situation. <laughs> what you get really good at in this situation is learn how to make it look like they're swinging at you. 
What? <laughs> what the hell is this guy pissing me for? You just got to make sure the refs ain't looking. You start you, something, let them respond. and then you Let leave. them fit. Yeah, let them be mid throw the first The only time. problem is nowadays, though, it's on film and they're still going to suspend you, too, though. But that's all right. But, like I said, uh, I, I we're eleven and three. Let's let's if we do this show, we're, let's take away the fact we're that we're eleven three, and three. We're eight and three, Steve. Eight and three. I'm sorry, eleven games total. Um, you know, once again, what eight minutes to go in a game, ten minutes to go in a game, we were down ten, I think, at ten minutes to go. I think I looked at it, we were down ten at ten minutes to go. We did march back, as Brian said. We marched back, we got a rain on the game. We got them, you know, a 20 on the bad side of a 20 to three run. That was good. Um, the last play in the last 15 minutes of the second half was good. We would, as connoisseurs of the game that we all are, we would like to see them make that kind of effort from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that would be ideal for who's your fans. Um, this team, I think the fan base needs to blow out. I think that the, the team needs to blow out. The coaches need to blow out. You know, it, it's you guys. I didn't listen to the press conference last night. Um, I just text Mike, you know, but that's the difference between my relationship and your guys. Um, no, you were talking about me, you didn't text Mike Woodson. Okay, <laughs> if, if Mike, now, if Mike now is starting to say that coaching. This loss might have been his fault or, or coaching. Now you got the coaches doubting themselves. And well, I, I think as a coach, you almost have to say season. that after what we saw, though. I mean, we, we can't go into this part of the season with everybody starting to doubt themselves. Somebody needs well, to wear on the ass and say, look, be aggressive. You know, get after it. If it's somebody, if it's Woodson telling him, Look, I'm an NBA coach. I can tell you what you need to be doing, and you ain't doing it. If that's what it takes, but this team's got to rise. It's got to rise. Yeah, there, there's not there basketball the rest of the season. We're getting into the Big Ten, and whether the Big Ten, as Mike says, is mediocre league this year, it is consistently mediocre. So they will be in a dogfight yes. everywhere they go, every night they play. Well, again, that. That silver lining, though, is that they did. They showed that they can do it in the last well, eight minutes. They scored seventeen to nothing. I they showed Morehead that they State. You what? Okay. It's Morehead State. They still ran off seventeen straight points. They're supposed the defense to. Picked up. Right. I'm saying they've shown they can do it. What about Indiana? Oh, fuck. I'm just saying they can do it. They can't. Oh, no, I, I agree. They with can Brian. play for eight minutes at a time. Mike, I, That's baby, what they've shown. Baby steps. I agree with Brian in the sense that they they had a 17-0 run. Okay, I, I don't care who you're doing that against. That That's a good run in college basketball. It is. Very few. That's like going 32-0 again. You would have thought by since 1976, some team could have lucked their way through an undefeated season. A 17-0 run is not an easy thing to put together in any college basketball game anymore. It's not. I give Brian that. Um, but but Robert said the best is wake the hell up. I mean, wake the hell up. He's right. He's spot on. Um, and, and Brian, you know, Walter says, I'm expecting a breakout game from McKenzie. 
I don't give a damn who gives. I want to see a breakout team win is what I want to see. Well, the only thing I can tell you is this. You had a breakout game from from Galloway last week. What did it get us? Well, I I think this. I think the issue right now is this. We all could sit there and say, well, they've proven they could do something for eight minutes. But after these next two games against North Alabama and Kennesaw State, they're going to go to Nebraska. They're going to host Ohio State. They're going to go to Rutgers. They play Minnesota, who's not that great. But then they get Purdue. They've got to go to Wisconsin. They've got to go to Illinois. And, I mean, that's possible in your next seven Big Ten games, the way they're playing, to be two and five or one and six. Well, you said last week they were going to be 12 and eight. Who are the eight losses? Who are the eight losses to? Well, shit. Yes. Luckily, we don't play Morehead State. We're Michigan State or at least two of them. Hold on. we got to see how many times we play each one. Uh, Pretty twice. All right. So, I think you lose at Nebraska. You lose to Ohio State. You lose at Rutgers. That's three in a row. You'll beat Minnesota. Lose to Purdue. That's four. You'll lose at Wisconsin. At Illinois, that's six. You beat Illinois, Penn State. You lose at Ohio State, seven. You lose at Purdue is eight. You lose to Northwestern, which is nine. Upset Nebraska. Beat Penn State. Lose to Wisconsin. At Maryland, it should be. So five. now you just said ten and ten. So I now. know because from what I saw last night, anytime you're soft, things don't turn out well, and that's what we've seen the last few years. I mean, I, I'm I'm serious. I mean, what I have seen when you look at what this team's done so far, the schedule has been extremely easy. It's set up to be eight and three right now. They beat Florida Gulf Coast by six. They beat Army by eight. They beat Wright State without their best player by nine. They beat Louisville, who was ass, by eight. They beat Harvard by 12. They they beat Maryland by 12. They beat Michigan by three. You got beat to death by Auburn. You barely beat Moorhead State. I don't see how you could sit there and say they can go more than 500 in the Big Ten from what we've seen. I think they do have the talent to go 12 and eight. But from what I see right now, I don't know that they have the heart. Well, I did hear last night that, and that goes back to what Steve said about having another body out there. Uh, they're they're hopeful that X will be back by the startup of the Big Ten in January. Yeah. So if we get him back, we've got another body at guard, which we desperately need. Yeah, and luckily he's a good team player. Uh, Michael Houghton says, I am seeing a yeast infection with these guys. No rise to perform. I was thinking a different yeast infection. But it was embarrassing to watch the lackluster performance. They all need to break out and play hard tomorrow. Brian says, Steve, you need to speak to the team. Why would you want to do that to the team, Brian? And then I, I I can't even get Steve to talk to Brian off air. With regards to the Big Ten, it's one game at a time. We're two and out. I like Brian's attitude. Well, all I know with Brian's attitude is that's the past. The only thing that matters is the future, and they have to play much harder and with much more heart than what we saw last night. I mean, was, if that game would have been down 11 at the half and then they came out and beat them by 20 in the second half and dominated the entire second half, I would feel much different about it than what I feel about what I saw because what I saw was the start of a run, and then it went back to what it was before for five minutes. And then they made a run again. 
And yeah, it's great to outscore them 17 to nothing, but you, you probably shouldn't have to go 17 nothing in the last eight minutes to beat Morehead State. But I think if you break it down between the three pointers and the free throws, which we were horrendous at, I mean, it's a lot different game if we make 75% of our free throws. Well, I, yeah. I would. I, I would buy that if we never had issues with free throw shooting. I'd also buy it if you look at the other side and say, if I'm Moorhead State and I don't foul out three of my best players and the fouls aren't almost three to one, I mean, I guarantee you this. Uh, that's no, typical I, for them. I guarantee That's typical for them. It is not typical because you can't show me one. I knew you would say this. You can't show me one game they played where the other team hadn't had at least 20 fouls. Indiana uh, had 12 yeah, fouls. Yeah, I can't. Game. Yeah, I can't. Go back and look at Penn State. Go back and look at Alabama. Go back and look at every top team they played. Go back and look at Purdue. Yeah. They had Five games they lost. Right. But By they all had 20 40 points. But the number of but the number of fouls that they gave up was the same in all but three the of those games. A lot of were absolute horseshit. I can tell you this. If Indiana lost a game to a team and there was 26 fouls against Indiana and 12 against Purdue, everybody in the world would scream about the officiating. Because I, I could sit here and say, yeah, they probably fouled 26 times, but I don't believe Indiana fouled just 12 times. But then again, maybe I do because Indiana did not play hard. Maybe that's why they didn't. But usually when you don't move your feet, you reach and get fouls. I thought the officiating was not very good last night. I feel the officiating is not very good in any game I ever watch. So it goes both well, ways. That, that we can agree upon. I, yeah. I would agree with you on that. But, all right. And just remember, Indiana State won last night by 94 to 69. <sighs> I bring it up because <laughs> you used to make fun of me because I went to Indiana State. So I'm just bringing yeah, it up. Yeah, I did. And really, yeah, let's, hope, let's hope Indiana State goes to Michigan State. Michigan State doesn't run them out because I'm really worried that Michigan State's figured things out. That 24-point win over Baylor was pretty impressive. That is also one of the reasons why I dropped my 12-8 and eight a little bit because I thought Michigan State was easily beatable. But Baylor's a really good team. They were ranked sixth in the country. I think Baylor's I think better Baylor's than Kansas. Better. Put it like that. So... When, um, when you've got time, Izzo, your teams are always going to improve over the course of a season. Yeah. That just That's the nature of the beast of time, Izzo. So. He's a stud. All right. Let's Luckily, he's old, so he won't be there much longer. on Indiana anymore. We got to win. So, Indiana, North Alabama, what do they win by, Steve? Just give me a number. I, I think it's a five, six, seven point win. I, I don't I don't believe this team's just capable of blowing a team out right now. I think IU by twenty. What do you think, Brian? I go eighty to seventy by ten. Okay. And let's hope it's by thirty. All right, guys. I hope, I hope I'm dead wrong on this. I just I'm not I don't sure. the definitely like, as you said, Mike, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. This team's played like this all season long. Uh, they're getting wins, but I, they're scraping like hell to get those wins. And I tell you what, an easy win would be nice for this team right now. It'd go a long way. Are they playing to the level of the competition? Is that what we're looking at? No, I don't think they are. I don't think that's it, Brian. I think that they are at that level right now. You can tell when a team's playing because 
we outstatistic them in almost every category. I just was mm -hmm. looking at the stats. Well, I mean, Indiana only had five turnovers and almost lost it. Yeah, five turnovers, seven, I mean, you know, fouls were almost like Brian, Mike said, almost a third of the personal fouls. We out-rebounded them by eight or nine rebounds. Offensive rebounds, we out-rebounded them. Um, you know, every almost every statistical category, points in the paint, second chance points. We, you say we statistical or category? Statistical. You said statistical. You said oh, okay. Go statistical. Ahead. You said statistical, you which is another I, new word. Two new words today. You've learned. Homeschool you kids should watch this show during the day. Serious thought with you because you went to Indiana State. Yeah, and you claimed that you graduated from Kelly Business School, but I mean, sometimes your words like statistical makes me wonder. Okay. I think that should be a word now oh. because I think that is an awesome word. Statistical. Hey, give the guy a break. He lives in California. Come on. Nobody has statisticals out in California. You know, Brian, what Mike didn't understand is to use a word like statistical. You have yeah. To have balls. <laughs> in your mouth normally to say it. But all right, guys, we're going to wrap the show up. We will be back. No, are um, you? Come on. We will be back on Friday to look back at an Indiana win over North Alabama. Make sure you follow us at Grueling Truth on X. You can follow Brian at Got, or Got Woodson on his Facebook page or on Twitter on at BK. M-O-H-R. M-O-H-R. You can follow Steve Risley at srisley34 under the same moniker. You can find him on Instagram also. He won't be able to answer back because he can't remember his password, but <laughs> he'll see your comments. So I'm laughing because he's true. <laughs> so make sure you check out BetMGM to bet on this game. You can click on the link in the description down below if you're watching on YouTube. But for now, for Brian Moore, Steve Risley, I'm Mike Goodpastor. You've been watching and listening to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak.